0: Welcome to the Rising Lioness Podcast on All About Animals Radio, a place dedicated to animals and all those who act to protect and advocate for them. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Salvamini, and I'm thrilled and honored to be here representing All About Animals Radio using my voice for the animals. Thank you for joining us for what intends to be a thought-provoking and soul-inspiring series where we discuss topics aimed at understanding the importance of the relationship between empathy, animal rights, and our peaceful coexistence with the animal kingdom. And now on to our show. Hi, today we welcome Susan Maggotson, owner of Ross Mill Farm and co-founder and president of the Pig Placement Network. In 1998, Susan co-founded Pig Placement Network, which is a service to assist pet pig owners and rehoming their pigs. Ross Mill Farm is the major foster care facility for PPN, directly placing over 1,000 pet pigs in new forever homes as of spring 2018. She's also the founding board member and secretary to the Duchess Fund, which is a medical database exclusively for pet pigs. Welcome, Susan. How are you? I'm fine,
1: Erica. Thank you for asking me on the podcast.
0: Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. And I am a super duper lover of pigs. I always have been, and also an animal rescue advocate. So that automatically makes me a fan of yours and your work. Um, And it's it's just lovely to have you here today. And I think that your work with rehoming pet pigs is such a noble thing you're doing for the pet pig population. And I just don't think that that gets enough attention which is why I was so interested in speaking with you and having you on today. So, um, I guess we'll we'll jump right in. And so, for those in our audience who don't know a lot about pigs, right? How smart they are, um they're sentient beings. And I thought that maybe you could just share a little bit about pigs in general, what you know what kind of beings they are, and why they can be great pets.
1: Well, Erica, there's a lot of myths that uh, are formed around pet pigs. or around pigs in general right like they're dirty they are absolutely not dirty they're very clean as a matter of fact they have no body odor Mm -hmm. they are um extremely intelligent emotional very emotional animals Mm -hmm. their intelligent level is about the same as a three-year-old human child So that makes emotions kind of difficult to handle from time to time and misunderstood many times by their owners. Sure. So there's a lot, and and pigs should not be fat. Oh, isn't that something? They should be nice and lean and looking good. I'm sure they'd appreciate that more as well. But
0: they're always being fattened up because, well, for obvious reasons, we know what pigs are typically used and known for. So... I like that you're changing that by talking about and and doing this work for making them, you know, pets. Pets. Why not? Because they're loving and, you know, humans need love and and we can do that together. So I think that's super.
1: (laughs) They do make excellent companion animals. Really, really um, therapeutic to a lot of people, much like our dogs or cats. Um, They're easy, easy to keep in a home uh environment but they do have to have outside time sure and as they how do you what about the potty training There's
0: oh one- that's easy
1: yeah. pigs are just kind of natural um they do not want to go to the bathroom in their nest area which they consider your home because the you know the big bad wolf could find them if they were having accidents in their nest so it's easy oh. It's real easy.
0: Easy, in other words, easy like you would train a dog to to go outside. They, they just ask to go out or you take them yes. out. Yes. Really let them out. Okay. Wow.
1: Yes, very easy to potty train.
0: That's great to know. So um, would you also tell us a little bit about um, PPN's uh, network, the PPN mission, basically? What is your mission?
1: Certainly. <clears throat>
0: well...
1: well our, our mission is to provide truthful information to people who have pigs, who want a pig, all caretakers. So rescues and that type of thing, we are looking to provide truthful information so that they can better care for the pigs in their charge. That's one of our key missions is the education. But the one that is most widely used is our networking, which is a, a website that's like a matchmaker. We're trying to find the best home possible for each individual pig that comes into our um, into our awareness because we're national. So we, we do have pigs across the nation that are posted to our website with a profile, uh, much like Petfinder. I was just about to say that it sounds like Pet Finder. That's wonderful. It does. So people who are looking for a pig and they go to us, they'll not only get the education that they really need to make an informed decision, but they'll also be given enough information so they can make it successful once they play once they do adopt a pig that's phenomenal that's, and it's free that's so it's great. totally free
0: that's wonderful uh you know there should be that much information and that much education for any type of adoption that anyone goes into um, and frankly, any kind of, you know, whether you're purchasing, um, or even right. a child for that matter, like a lot, right. of, <laughs> a lot of humans, um, and it's no, no judgment passed. It's just, we make these impulsive decisions in life and then there are consequences afterwards. Um, so if we're not prepared for this, these tremendous, um, commitments that we jump into, then how can we possibly, you, know, you can learn it along the way. But it's it's a lot a little bit more painful and um, and unfortunately sometimes it ends up really tragically right because there's so many right. surrenders. Yes. Um, so. And
1: pigs pigs uh, speak a different language. We're so used to our other domestic animals that we kind of put them in that uh, in that little box. Um, that a pig must be very much like a dog they want to go outside to go potty and they like to go for a walk or whatever but pigs are, speak a completely different language once you understand that language you have um everything that you need that's incredible to be successful yeah
0: you teach that in your education like yes about that and how the communication goes that's phenomenal
1: yes to that
0: i will have a pet pig one day when i have the the right means to do so
1: <laughs> if we qualify you
0: <laughs> of course uh, I would expect <laughs> nothing less for sure. Um so well how did you know that you that this was your calling or did you just happen to stumble into it or as a child were you always like a, a major pig lover how did that work out for you?
1: No, strangely enough I've always been an animal lover and um I just happened to purchase um a home that had a barn and had enough um, space for a, a variety of animals, and a pig was not in our um, was was not in our menagerie because they got so large. But then, when I discovered that they really do have little pigs, which we'll talk more about. Mm-hmm. But the little pigs, I thought, well, I can I can do a little pig, mm-hmm. so I got myself a breeding pair, and actually. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I did start as a breeder, um, but I quickly changed my direction when I realized that pigs are in need of finding new homes that I didn't need to produce anymore. So, So that's where I am. I love that. I love that that's the,
0: you know, it's like a transformation kind of and there are so many animals that need help and need homes and need sanctuaries and so to continue breeding um if we think about that further it does beg the question why why would we be doing that right, right. there's so many unwanted home, uh, pets that need homes right um, so i applaud you great job that's wonderful and thank you um in fact that was going to be one of my questions about, about the, the breeding because I understand that you did do that, but I think it's great that you transitioned over to um, a pet rescue um really expert because you're you're a leading expert in in pet pig rehoming. And so can you also tell us a little bit about Ross Mill Farm? That's a farm, but it's a vegan farm, isn't
1: it? Yes, it is. We have a vegan policy. We have no events um, that are uh, meat-based food. Uh, Everything has to be uh, vegan when we give an event. So we've made that commitment to the vegan, uh, to the animals. Bravo. Good job. I just got chills. That makes me
0: so happy (laughs) as a vegan myself and an animal advocate, obviously. And um, so that's that's super. I hope that more farms can start to go that route because there are other ways to produce food and um, you know live in a, a kinder, gentler way in our lives for all of yes. us, and and still enjoy our food a lot. So you know we don't have to give up things when we say we want to go vegan. So um, and again,
1: oh, it's so easy today to go vegan.
0: It really is. It
1: really is. There's an awareness, there's restaurants, there's packaged goods that you can buy at the store now. Oh my goodness. It's, it's easy peasy. It really is.
0: I am a mom. I have two little, well, they're not so little anymore. My boys are are 14 and just about 15, but uh, you know, when I, I was always pretty much vegetarian and then I went vegan a few years ago and I'm like, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to make you guys become vegan. I'm not that kind of person. I'm just, you know, it's kind of like a democracy. We talk about things, but then over the last year I was like, I'm having a crisis of conscience guys. I can't like in my good conscience, even prepare this food for you anymore. I can't touch it. I can't purchase it. I can't do it. And they're like, it's okay, mom. You know, you feed us some stuff that's vegan already. And as long as it tastes good, which it does, then we're fine. And so we started doing that more and the kids just eat what I, they don't eat all the things I make, like they won't eat lentils and things like that, but they'll eat a lot of the really yummy vegan products that are out there on the market and vegan burgers and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, so um, pretty much anybody can do it, right? So again, no shaming, no, you know, no judgment, but just to say that it, it is possible and it's easy to do. So um, that's a really cool thing about your your farm. And uh, Well, I have another question for you. How is the Pig Placement Network assisting the rescue community?
1: Well, that's something that I am anxious to get the word out, that we exist. Yeah. Um, we already have about 900 pigs on our website across the nation, uh, but <clears throat> rescues are inundated with requests. I mean, dog rescues, and I get calls from cat rescues, every kind of rescue, plus the sanctuaries asking me to to help them. And um, I want them to know that when they get that phone call from somebody who says, I have a pig, a pet pig, regardless of its size, it's a pet pig. And I want to rehome it. Can I donate it to your sanctuary, to your rescue? Well, they can't take them in anymore. They, are, they don't know much about them or they do know about pigs, but they're at capacity. And that is true across the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this provides a way of that sanctuary being able to tell that person on the other end of the line that there is a option. There is another option, and that is to contact Pig Placement Network, and we will help work with them. Now, uh, almost 20 percent, I think um, we did some statistics, Um, I think it was 19 percent of the calls that we get, we actually save the pig in the home. Oh, wow. Because there's an issue going on. It's a behavioral issue. Okay. Okay. And we can help them understand what the pig is communicating and help them build a proper fencing or whatever their problem is. So almost 20%. That's amazing.
0: Incredible. That is a really high percentage. And it's simply just because, and not just, but it's amazing that you can bridge that gap between the pet owner and the pig to to kind of advocate for them and- Mm -hmm be like a behavioral uh I don't want to say therapist, but you know, there's
1: some some type of I do consultations, Erica. Yeah, Yeah, I do consultations all the time. But so we also for sanctuaries that have more uh pigs. Uh, at, at their farm and they're willing to adopt. We have a rescue user program. The rescue user program is a way of like pet finder again, where you can just have your own username and password and go on our website and post those pigs that you want to try to find homes for. And you're in total control. It's your adoption application. It's, it's all yours. It's just another way of being able to advertise, if you will, if that's a good word for it. Sure. To let people know that you have these litter of piglets that need to be rehomed. Right. So then I also um, have started, although it's not well financed, I've also started a spay-neuter program. So people who need to get rid of their pig because it's not altered and its behavior Mm -hmm. is inappropriate as a pet, unless it is altered, um, to help them with that, if that is an obstacle. And then when we have a pig that comes in, we also do social media sharing. So our uh, rehoming uh, coordinator um, is constantly sharing and posting and letting people know that there is a pig in their area. We also do uh, email blasts uh, where we have, in regions where we have urgency, where there's an urgent situation going on, we will do an email blast to that region. So we have Southeast and Northeast and so on. So. And so that's, that's how uh, the pig placement network can really help the rescue world. That's really amazing. Super important work. I
0: love that you're doing this. Um, Is, how do you go about educating folks about, um, on your work, basically? Like, how are you educating them? What, what means are you doing?
1: We um, we have a few things that we do. Um, <clears throat> we have Zoom webinars that I have uh, put on hold for for the time being. Um, we have some YouTube videos that show how to put on a harness or how to move a bo- uh, move a pig with a board. Um, we do, I do my consultations. That's another way. Uh, podcasts like yours help me get the word out to both the rescue world as well as people who have a pig. Um, we have we are um, building a website library and updating it. Um we have a editor that is doing that for us. And <clears throat> vet students. Now that's a biggie because one of the problems with keeping a vet, and to keep your vet, I mean, uh, to keep your pig in your home, is that we don't have veterinary care like other domestic animals have. Oh. So we have a real problem with veterinary care. Interesting. So we are looking at trying to educate more vet students. And by that, uh, we are starting a vet student um, internship program where students will come to the farm and get credit for their stay with us to learn more about pet pigs and to see if it might be an animal that they want to treat when they become a veterinarian. Um, So, yes, I'm partnering with universities as well, uh, vet schools. Um, trying to get them to bring their students in. So we do a newsletter, monthly newsletter. Let's see, what else do we do? We do farm tours and sometimes we do events that will be, um, we're not doing them because of COVID uh, as much as we used to, but uh, we did maybe 50 different events every year where we're handing out literature uh, to the general public. And of course, uh, any kind of media coverage that I get. So those are different ways of PPN educating uh, others. That's a lot.
0: That's it's. um, You guys stay really busy and active in your work, which is uh, full time. What makes you, yeah, leading um, expert in your fields? It's incredible. And (laughs) yeah, it kind of makes sense based on what you're saying. Just you alone have over 800, almost 900 pet pigs in your network and so and then you add up all the rest around the country that are out there and needing homes I would think that it would be in veterinarian's best interest to learn how to treat and care for pigs at least yes. somewhat you know you don't have to specialize in pigs necessarily but people are going to have pet pigs they need to take to their vet once in a while right right
1: right major problem major yeah. problem
0: Yeah, I would imagine. I love that you have a video showing folks how to put on a harness on their pig. That's (laughs) pretty cool. Do you have your own um, YouTube
1: channel? Mm, Well, yes, but um, uh, my board uh, says I'm not doing enough of that, but I'm not much on videoing, but I'm trying to get better at the YouTube, but -hmm. I've got a few things on there already. That's neat. That's great. Well, at the end, we'll
0: have all of your links posted up on our profile so people can can check everything out. And I'll I'll mention that again at the end here. Um, so like any other important decision in life, what should families know prior to the adoption of a pig? What are some of the most important things they should think about?
1: Well, probably the biggest myth is that uh, they are teacup pigs. Okay. And there's no such thing. <laughs> they are uh, the the smaller ones will be in the seventy five pound range. And sometimes the we the smaller ones the smaller ones wow. are about seventy five pounds. Now this is a very stocky, heavy boned animal. So it's not like a dog who, at seventy five pounds, is big. This is a rather more like a cocker spaniel size. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> they, they need to know what they're getting into in that regard. Um, they, they need to know that there is a Department of Ag has regulations about uh, pigs crossing borders, um, state borders. So there is an issue sometimes with transporting pigs, and I think people should recognize that uh it's a lot harder to travel with a pig than it is with you know rover come on rover let's go for a drive and we're going in in the the car house across on our way you know (laughs) (laughs) but with a pig it's like an infant you got to get ready you got to have the timing has to be right you got to give yourself enough time before your appointment or before you're leaving they need to be in a crate, absolutely, should be in a crate. They need to be in a car so that the its temperature is um, regulated so that they can be comfortable. So, yeah, traveling with a pig is not the easiest thing. <laughs> a...
0: So, um... yeah, so people really need to, the, basically the most important thing to know here is you, you really need to know what you're getting into yes for the faint of heart and it's uh but they're they're wonderful pets if for the right for the right people
1: and, and the right- they they make excellent therapy animals too you know emotional support animals because they're so much like children Aww. that they are um giving people purpose and they just love they're they're not active like a uh, a dog is, um, especially when they reach 6, 8, 10 years old, they're, they're more, let me graze. I don't really want to go anywhere. And they're not very active in the house. They're very quiet. For some folks, that's perfect. Yes.
0: Especially for maybe older people who don't get out much, maybe for someone who's got maybe a special needs person in the home who needs, um, you know,
1: companionship. Right, right. And I have a I have a, a customer uh, that is in his 80s, and he has made all of the arrangements that he needs to take care of his pig should something happen to him before the pig passes. But he writes me every single month and sends me a little extra money. Um, to tell me how wonderful his companion pet is and that everyone should have one. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't agree that everyone should have one, but he believes that. Right. Right.
0: Well, that's really sweet. Very special. Um, so, well, here's the million dollar question then, right? Why, why do people give up their pigs? Why, well, how does that happen? It's a lack of
1: education. That's huge. That is huge. (laughs) They do little or no research prior to getting the pig. It's often spontaneous because, I mean, what is cuter than a little baby pig? You know, (laughs) a baby puppy or a baby kitty might fall in there as well. But to us, pig people, it's a baby pig. Yeah. So they don't do much research, can be very spontaneous. They're given the wrong information. If they are given information, they also have a tendency to Mm -hmm. listen to what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. So that size issue is a huge one. That teacup pig craze is still happening, even though everybody is saying they don't exist. So misinformation. In the media and the social media, you know, the social media problem is also something. Uh, but that goes both ways. You've got people who are having issues and problems with the pig saying uh, pigs should never be with children. Well, that's true of some pigs, but that's not true of all pigs. So the person with children who is thinking about getting a pig says, oh, I better not get a pig. Right. So misinformation yeah um zoning zoning is an issue um you don't think about that when you go to buy it to get a dog uh, rescue a dog you don't think about the zoning but zoning can be prohibited to pigs and you have to check that um stairs stairs in the house uh, you often have to build ramps, even though it's only four stairs going out to the backyard. You should be ramping it because pigs ha- are very heavy in the front end. And every time they come down, they're hurting their uh, bones. They're, they're more prone to arthritis than other animals. Nice. So <clears throat> the stairs uh, should be replaced with ramps for them. Pigs need a yard time. So they're certainly not good in apartment lifestyle. That's, uh, you know, we won't even consider you if you have an apartment, if you're living in an apartment. As a matter of fact, we often will um, be very, very cautious if you're renting a house even because renters can be, um, their landlords can, can be, you know, a problem down the road. So um, their behavior—that's another reason that pigs give them up. Again, it's that language barrier. Right. They're they're talking dog to them, and the pig is talking pig to them, and they're miscommunicating. So they um, they have a problem now. Interesting enough, Erica, that pigs who live alone in a household. I don't mean alone with, but without another pig, yeah, are m- way more likely to be a problem, oh, a okay. behavior problem. They really should be placed in twos. Well, and that's, they, that's that can't be easy, right? So you, no, some people are saying, I already got one pig, right. and it's already a problem. I don't think that bringing in the second pig is going to make a difference. But yeah, time and time again, we have proven that the second pig changes the behavior of the the bad behaviors of the first pig. So um, one of the behavior issues that happen is that we have a tendency to want to move the pig from point A to point B by giving them treats. We give them lots and lots of treats. So pigs being pig headed um, don't want to move unless there's a treat involved. Oh, boy. (laughs) But if you get if you don't do treats on these bad behaviors, um, pigs that are showing signs of aggression are really just being a pig and communicating that they're the top hog. Got it. So treats are the problem. Right. with many of these pigs and also inappropriate uh, environment they need a place that's quiet mm-hmm. so instead of being their crate or their bed area in the door area or in the foyer or something like that it should be over in the corner you oh. know more in a closet like environment right. they want it they they are like dogs in the fact that they like that cave environment So, inappropriate um, environments will cause bad behaviors as well. And then, of course, people are giving up their pig because they've had bad luck, Um, you know, financial bad luck, health bad luck, that type of thing.
0: So, the the last one is similar to um, traditional uh, adoption issues. Right, right.
1: We're all faced with that, and we there's no blame. You know, that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, we just have to, I guess, be be extremely mindful when we go into these commitments. That yes, yeah, and you know, uh, this is an extremely important topic, and I think it's uh, great that we're bringing it out for people to understand that pigs are amazing sentient beings, and they deserve love and comfort and respect just as we like to enjoy. And for folks listening here today whether you're interested in a pig or maybe perhaps know someone who might be, please know that pet pigs are in desperate need of finding loving sanctuary. And like any other adoption, it's critically important to be mindful of the dedication and commitment um, required to properly fulfill the role as a pet pig parent. So. For the right candidates, PPN has a national pet pig rehoming network with over 800 pigs in need, posted on their website. PPN also works with the rescue community, caretakers, and needing to rehome companion pigs, and with perspe- prospective new homes interested in adopting pigs. And you also conduct webinars, private consultations, offer newsletters, blogs, and so much more. So please help us pass on the good word about pet pig adoption for anyone who's listening today. And for more details, you can take a look at the PPN website and find Susan's links on our podcast profile page. And Susan, I just wanna thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. Our time went so fast, I knew it would because I just love talking to you and talking about the pigs and, and letting other people know what's going on. And I applaud your good work and I hope that, I wish you and the pigs and all of the folks that you're connecting together lots of love and light. And I hope that everyone finds their perfect forever. All 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 good pigs should find their perfect forever home together with the perfect um, pet parent. And uh, thank you again. Thank you, Erica. It was nice talking to you. Thank you all for listening, wishing you a beautiful day and bye for now. This has been Erica Salvamini for the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio. A special thank you to Chris Corley for generously lending us his song, Zero Gravity, for the Rising Lioness podcast theme. Please take a moment to write a review for our show as it helps others to find us. Please also support our guests and their work, All About Animals Radio, and our social networks. Doing this further supports the animals and their advocates, too, thereby making you an Animal Kingdom warrior also. You can find our links on the Rising Lioness podcast page. Until next time, in the words of Sharon Nunez, Animal Equality President, remember this, the small actions of one passionate individual can create a butterfly effect leading to a movement that has the power to change the world. Please. Use your voice for the animals today.